Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the moral decay of Israel as we pick up in Judges chapter 19, verse 22. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And they began to pound on the door, and they said, Send the man out that we saw coming into your house that we might know him. So now we find that very thing for which God judged Sodom and destroyed it is happening even among his own people there in the tribe of Benjamin. The very same thing that happened when the angels came into the house of Lot in Sodom and the men of the city circled the house and said, send them out that we might know them or that we might have sexual relations with them or homosexual relations with them. And here we see the moral depravity that has taken place even among God's people, the Benjamites. And so it's giving you an insight into the moral decay of Israel during the period of the judges. And again, an insight into the the whole cultural scene. The old man said, hey, this man's my guest. I've got a daughter who is a virgin and here's his concubine. We'll send them out and you do with them whatever you want. But don't, you know, touch my guest. Women, be thankful for Jesus Christ. What he has done for women's rights. What Jesus has done for the women is absolutely glorious. You take the cultures of the world where the Christian influence is not strong and look at the place of the woman in those cultures even today. It is Jesus Christ who elevated the woman from something of a chattel, a slave, something to be pawned off by the man's will, and elevated her into an equal in the sight of God. For in Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female, There's no superior sex or anything else. There is just a beautiful equality in Jesus Christ. And Jesus elevated the woman from this place of the pagan cultures where she was put down and subjugated and treated like dirt. And Jesus lifted the womanhood and gave respect and dignity to women, which the men weren't willing to grant in their pagan cultures. Go today to Israel and look at the place of the Bedouin women and be thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for you. Lifting, bringing respect and glory and honor and equality unto the women. But he had not yet come. They were following still the cultures of the people around them. Here's a man willing to give his daughter, his virgin daughter, to a lustful crowd. 
Don't touch my guest that has come. And so they sent the concubine out. And all night long the men raped her, one after another, until in the morning she crawled back to the steps of the house, and there she died. In the morning, when the priest came out, he said, Get up, let's get going. What ails you? There was no answer. And he touched her and found she was dead. So he put her on the donkey, took her back to Ephraim to his house, and there he butchered her body, cutting it into 12 pieces and sending a piece of her body to all of the tribes. Now it had what he hoped it would have. It had a shock effect upon the tribes. They were horrified to get a part of a torso, a leg, an arm, a head. And they gathered together. And this man told them the evil that was done by the Benjamites, by those from the tribe of Benjamin, the city of Gibeah. He told them the horrible evil that had befallen him while he was there. And the people of Israel were incensed against the Ephraimite, I mean against the Benjamites. And so they decided to go against them in battle. And they gathered an army of 400,000 plus. And they inquired of the Lord and they said, Who shall go up first? And the Lord said, The tribe of Judah. So the tribe of Judah went up against Gibeah, but the men of Benjamin were tough. They had 700 fellows who could throw a, a stone with a sling and never miss from 100 yards. They could, they could come within a hair's breadth of their target at 100 yards with a sling. 700 of them, skillful, tough. The tribe of Judah went up against Gibeah. The men of the Benjamites came out. Of course, the Benjamites, when they said, they gave them first an old man, and they said, turn over these lewd fellows who have done this thing. We're going to kill them. And the Benjamites would not turn them over. They, they said, you come and get them. And so uh, they were, were more or less challenged for the fight. And so the men of Judah, Israel, were defeated by the men of Benjamin, who killed 22,000 that day in the battle. So the men of Israel came and they encouraged themselves. They set in battle again, as they did the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening. And they asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall we go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. Now the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day, and the men of Benjamin came forth against them out of Gibeah the second day, destroyed down to the ground 18,000 men. And again they retreated, and now they fasted and prayed and cried unto the Lord. Now, I must confess at this point I have confusion. 
Why would God send them into a battle, say go into battle in which they're going to get defeated? I don't know. That confuses me. But the first two days when they went in, they got whipped and though God had said go, even said the tribe that was to go first. I don't understand that. You say, oh, well, you know, that's horrible. You don't understand. Well, perhaps so. But I don't know everything. And God said, my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. My ways are beyond your finding out. Even as a woman this morning asked me after the service, she said, why would God choose Samson if in his foreknowledge he knew he was going to fail? That's a good question. I don't know. However, as I say, there are a lot of things I don't know about God. And I'm sort of glad I don't know. Because that causes me to respect God. I know he's smarter than I am. Now, if I knew everything God knew, I'd be as smart as God, and how could I respect him? Not only that, it gives me a chance to exercise faith, which I don't like. But I'm forced at times to exercise it. You see, to believe what I don't know is faith. To believe what I do know is reason, intellect. Now, I know a lot of things, and I believe them because my intellect tells me, well, that's right. I can balance it in my intellect. I can rationalize it. So I say, well, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Great deal. There's plenty of historic proof for that. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Big deal. There's plenty of historic truth for that and proof. If you can prove anything in history, you can prove that Jesus rose from the dead. If history has any value for proof of past events. If you want to prove that Hannibal crossed the Alps, you're, you can prove that Jesus rose from the dead just as much as you can prove that he crossed the Alps or that Washington crossed the Delaware. So big deal, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I, I can prove it historically. It is the things that I can't prove, that I have to just believe by faith that God honors. I say that belie I believe Jesus is the Son of God, great. The devils believe that too. What does that make me? Nothing. But when you come to those areas of faith, or belief where there is not the proof and I have to just believe in faith that this indeed did happen. That he died, yes, that's a historic fact, but that he died for my sins, that's something I accept by faith. That God laid upon him my sins when he died, I accept that by faith. That he rose, that's a historic fact, but in his resurrection he provided justification for me, that's faith. That's what makes me saved, is believing what I don't understand. I don't understand how or why he would die for me. I don't understand how I can be justified by his resurrection, but I believe it because the Bible declares it. And thus there are many things in my Christian experience that I believe, though I can't rationalize them. 
and the things especially when a person says to me, why did God, and someone the other day started out their question, they said, why did God? I said, that's all for you need to go. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the whys of God. My ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. My ways are beyond your finding out. And thus, when I cannot reason or intellectualize anything, I then, by faith, if God said it, I believe it. By faith, not by reason. I take a step higher than my reason, and I step into that realm of faith, believing it because God said it and God who cannot lie, has declared his truth, and I believe it, though I can't rationalize it or understand it in my mind. So why did God say, yep, go, and then allow him to get defeated? I don't know. But it's there. I believe it. The third day, they fasted, they prayed, they waited upon God. Shall we go again? Yes, go again. Now, this time, they changed their strategy a bit. They had some guys sort of hide uh, around the city. And when the men of Benjamin then came out, they retreated, drew them on out further from the city. And then these men came in the city, set a big fire. And the men of Benjamin turned around, saw their city was on fire. And, and you know, the, the fight was gone out of them. And they killed 20,000 of them there in the field. Some of them tried to flee. They grabbed them, killed 3,000 in another place, killed a couple thousand in another, and pretty much wiped out the men from the tribe of Benjamin. In fact, there were 600 men who escaped the slaughter, but the rest of them were wiped out. Now, these men, in chapter 21, had made a oath. They had sworn in Mizpah, saying, There shall not any of us give his daughter unto Benjamin for a wife. These Benjamites do these things. None of us will allow them to marry our daughters. It was a vow that they made. Now, let me say that most vows like this one are stupid. Most of the vows that are given in the Bible are stupid. This is a stupid vow. Saul made a stupid vow. When he saw Jonathan wiping out the Philistines with his armor bearer, he said, Cursed be the man who eats anything today until Saul be avenged of all of his enemies. Stupid vow. Because later on in the day, as they were chasing the Philistines, the guys were so hungry and they were getting faint and weak because they didn't have any food. They were running out of energy and they could have really slaughtered a lot more of the Philistines that day. Had a total victory, but this stupid vow of Saul, which really had no sense behind it. Cursed be anyone who eats anything until Saul, sort of a, a exalting of himself. And, of course, Jonathan, his son, didn't hear his old man saying that. He was busy fighting the Philistines. And running through the forest, he saw this honeycomb, and he put his spear out and, you know, reached through, and then he licking on his spear as he was chasing the Philistines. And the honey, the quick energy, he was revived, you know, and had all that energy and really got after them and uh, was able to go. And then later on, his old man said, Somebody broke my vow today. Who was it? No one would rat on him, so he said, Divide in two companies. All of you and my son and Jonathan will cast lots. Lots fell on Saul and his son. He said, Jonathan, what have you done? He said, hey, Dad, I didn't know what you said. I'm going through the forest, and I 
saw the honeycomb and I put my spirit in and ate it and I was revived. Hey, Dad, it was sort of foolish for you to say that. Look how faint the guys are. We could have wiped out the Philistines totally today if the guys had strength, but they ran out of energy. Saul said, put him to death. Oh, what a stupid guy. No wonder. Well, he admitted himself at the end of his life. He said, hey, I've played the fool. That, that's no understatement. <laughs> Jephthah made a stupid vow. We studied that last week. Remember, the first thing that comes out of the door of my house, I'll sacrifice it a burnt offering unto the Lord. The Bible says quite a bit about keeping your mouth shut. When you go into the temple of the Lord, you know, put a lock on your mouth lest you sin with your mouth. I don't think it's a proverb, but it ought to be. It is better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than to open it and dispel all doubts. <laughs> the problem we get into with our mouths. Now, here was a foolish vow. They wiped out the Benjamites. Only 600 guys left. The rest of the Benjamites are wiped out. And now they think, oh, we're not going to have a tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin is going to get wiped out. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, we can't do that. What shall we do? Well, is there any, any, any city that didn't send anybody? Someone said, well, I didn't see anybody come from Jabesh Gilead. So they checked, said, anybody here from Jabesh Gilead? Nobody there from Jabesh Gilead. All right. Then let's go to Jabesh Gilead and we'll kill everybody except the virgins. And we'll bring them back and let them marry these guys in that they didn't enter into the vow, you see. No one from Jabesh Gilead was there to enter into the vow, so horrible. You know, it's covering one stupidity with a greater. But, you know, you get into these kind of things where you begin to follow one sin with another. You do one and then it leads to another, another, another. You get further and further down the line. It's tragic. And so what they did was horrible. They went to Jabesh Gilead and they, they wiped out the city, killed all of the uh, married women, killed all of the men, and, and they got the virgins and brought them back. But there still wasn't enough. There's still some guys that weren't married. What are we going to do? Well, Shiloh was the religious center at that particular time. And they would have the feast in Shiloh. And during the feast, the young virgins would come out uh, and do some traditional folk dances. And so they said to the men of Benjamin, who still didn't have wives, all right, now, during this feast, when these young virgins come out, you guys hide in the bushes and you watch. You see a you know, cute gal that you like. Grab her and take off with her. <laughs> sort of a reverse of Sadie Hawkins kind of a day. And when the men from Shiloh come to us and say, hey, they've kidnapped our daughters, we'll say, oh, that's all right. Just let it go, you know, uh, and, and we'll, we'll protect you in it. So uh, that year when they had the feast and the young virgins from Shiloh came out and were doing their little ritual traditional dances, these Benjamites were hiding and they each spied them a gal that they liked the looks of and they grabbed them and took off with them. And thus the tribe of Benjamin was, was spared and did not, you know, they weren't deleted as a tribe in Israel. But again, 
no condoning of the scripture. In fact, a condemning of it in the scripture. It was wrong. It was stupid. But that's just the way things were going. Because they had lost their consciousness of God as king. And so it gives you just a little insight into the civil and religious confusion that existed during the time of the judges. And again, the, the chapter ends as this section began. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But I'll tell you, when people do that which is right in their own eyes, quite often it is very, very wrong because of the mentality and the moral level of many people. You can't just let people live as they want. They will revert to an animal state. How important that we submit our lives to God as King. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Ruth in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 19 through 22 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep His hand upon your life. And may he help you to walk in all righteousness and holiness. For he is Jehovah, our God, and he is a holy God. And he wants his people to be a holy people. That people in seeing my good works will glorify our Father who is in heaven. God bless you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and his love burn in your hearts. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Want to know how to gain wisdom from God? Then don't miss out on Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson. Growing up, I had the wonderful privilege of spending every morning with my dad. And every morning, he would impart to me just a little bit of God's wisdom. Now, you can have that same opportunity if you pick up my father's devotional, Wisdom for Today. 
It's a 365-day trip through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And each day ends with a special prayer incorporating what you learn into your heart. That's wisdom for today. I pray that you have a wonderful journey with my Father. The gift of wisdom is priceless. Be sure to order Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith as a gift for yourself or for a friend. Call the word for today at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to read a sample, visit thewordfortoday.org.